Welcome, this is Mike Volkoff, and this is Episode 40 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is about conducting ethical culture assessments. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, a podcast focused on the legal and compliance industry. Today's podcast is sponsored by Tom Fox, who has released his new comprehensive book, The Complete Compliance Handbook. Thank you, Mike. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'm extraordinarily pleased to announce the publication of my latest book, The Complete Compliance Handbook. This one-volume compendium provides you the most up-to-date advice on what constitutes a best practices compliance program. I bring together the top ideas, the top commentators, the top techniques, and topics that you can incorporate into your compliance program, literally in a 31-day format, to more fully operationalize your company's compliance regime. It incorporates the Department of Justice's 2017 Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs and information from the new FCPA Corporate Enforcement Policy. If you want one volume to guide you in operationalizing compliance, this is it. It's available starting May 21 on Amazon.com. If you'd like an autographed copy, please order one from my website, www.fcpacompliancereport.com, and I will mail it to you. This is Tom Fox. I hope you will check it out. I know you will find it useful. Today we are going to discuss how to conduct a corporate culture assessment. And I know at the outset I sound like a broken record, but research has consistently demonstrated that an ethical corporate culture results in increased profits and sustainable growth. Companies with a positive culture have lower rates of employee misconduct, increased employee productivity and overall satisfaction, and lower employee turnover. All of these factors lead to higher growth rates, improved employee morale, and a reduced risk of misconduct in government investigation. This basic premise holds true when ethical values are embedded in a company's culture, respected in the company's day-to-day operations and decision-making, and reflected in the trust among managers and employees, the company's financial performance will improve. Now, it doesn't guarantee profitability, but it means that whatever would have resulted without a corporate culture of uh, ethics, that the results will be better. Outmoded business leaders now view the connection between ethics and profits as an either-or issue, meaning that increasing resources for ethics and compliance ultimately reduces profits. However, the innovative and forward-thinking corporate leaders recognize that improved ethics and compliance increases profits over the long run. While the value of a strong corporate culture is clear, a positive corporate culture doesn't develop organically. Companies have to devote attention to promoting a corporate culture of ethics, measuring it, managing it, and making sure it's embedded within their company's fabric. Culture is a critical element of a compliance program, and perhaps, as I always say, uh, the most important control you can have and should be managed as such and attended to as such. 
uh, a, core, a culture of compliance is one of the elements set forth by the Department of Justice and the Securities and Exchange Commission for uh, an effective compliance program. Quote uh, from the resource guide uh, for the FCPA, the DOJ and SEC consider the commitment of corporate leaders to a culture of compliance and look to see if this high-level commitment is also reinforced and implemented by middle managers and employees at all levels of the business. And that's from page 57 of the FCPA resource guide, which was released in November 2012. So let's talk about measuring culture. Culture is commonly defined as the beliefs and values that guide the thinking and behavior of an organization and its members. Uh, companies have traditionally uh, assessed culture through method, you know, through using case studies, observations, storytelling, unstructured interviews. Um, in contrast, modern culture research is, is research uh, is placing a greater em emphasis on what the individual's perceptions of the corporate observable practices and procedures are and the categorization of those perceptions. In other words, we look to see how people are perceiving the workings of the company and try to categorize some of those perceptions and beliefs uh, into uh, certain subject areas that can help for us to measure uh, what the perceptions are and the experience that people are having within the company. And so we turn those into ultimately analytical factors that are somewhat uh, measurable, uh, and that's what we're looking for. So companies are, and regulators even, and government prosecutors are trying to shape ethical culprit cultures in order to reduce, obviously, failures and improve corporate performance. Um, so a company has to align its mission and its values with employee behavior so that there's a smooth perception there's a smooth um, uh, measurement of those perceptions and beliefs. And so it has to begin first, the company has to begin with an assessment of its culture to identify the strengths and areas that need to be improved. So how do you measure uh, culture? Culture can be measured, monitored, remediated, and there are a variety of techniques to, that can be used to manage and promote an organization's culture. Um, there are three sort of, I like to divide it into three foundational tools to measure culture. One is surveys, uh, two uh, is focus groups, and three uh, is in, in interviews. Now, in many cases, uh, what I've seen and observed is that chief compliance officers coordinate with human resource departments to conduct annual surveys of its employees those surveys, and they're usually, sometimes they're done every year, sometimes every two years. While the surveys uh, provide important insights, the purpose of the survey is not usually focused on a company's ethical culture. It's more focused on, uh, from an HR perspective, how do you view the organization uh, in the way uh, and their work, uh, and it's not necessarily targeted towards the ethical culture. So, Supplementing the data that we get from those three methods, that being focus groups, interviews, uh, and surveys, uh, culture assessments should also look at other indicators of culture. 
What's the rates of verified misconduct, reports of misconduct, conflict of interest reports, and other measures? Once a company collects culture data, the company then has the ability to measure and monitor the results over time and sort of design remediation strategies to address identified weaknesses in the culture. So internal surveys can be used, and these are really critical to the measurement process because this gives you the only sort of quantifiable measure uh, as opposed to interviews and focus groups, which are more anecdotal or more you uh, make insights from. So the internal surveys can be used to obtain the quantifiable data on sort of workforce knowledge and perceptions that can be applied you know, as benchmarks, and that way you can also monitor the progress against these results, such as data from, uh, you know, if you did uh, a lot of surveys, you can compare data over a period of time. Um, so I like to use internal surveys to examine the extent to which individuals, coworkers, supervisors, and leaders demonstrate commitment to compliance by setting a, a good example like keeping promises and commitments, supporting others, and adhering to compliance standards. Surveys also can signal to employees, managers, and executives by just conducting them that their opinions are valued, that the organization is committed to them as individuals, and that their input is being used to make positive changes. In addition, survey questions can address employee awareness regarding training concepts, use of various compliance program resources, you know, whether people are using them, uh, using the hotline or they, how they view the hotline, for example, uh, and perceptions regarding uh, leadership, uh, commitment, as well as uh, compliance and ethics communications. Um, and so the survey then can be, it's, what's interesting is to take the survey data and link it to focus group meetings and interviews to shed additional light on the reason why there may be an issue, uh, as might be suggested in a survey response to certain questions. So you can use these various sources of information to test various hypotheses that you get from, let's say, the survey. So in planning a survey, it's important to identify the survey objectives, what's the reason for conducting the survey, and the company, and what does the company plan to do with the survey results. The target audience should always include a cross-section of the company and be administered by a method, you know, using a method most likely to increase the likelihood of a response, usually electronic means, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, and you have to get buy-in from the respondents by clearly explaining the purpose and the importance of the survey and why the individual's response is important. In other words, we're not just asking you questions just to ask you questions, but we want to ask you questions because we're going to take that information and we're going to use it to assess our culture and then take steps to remediate if necessary, do certain things that may be uh, indicated in the survey as needed, or to respond to the survey. So using uh, an independent survey provider like uh, the Volkoff Law Group or whatever, an outsider, helps to reassure the respondents of anonymity because you're also going to do this through anonymous uh, collection of data. The questions should be short and use clear terms, and this survey should include some open-ended questions. So let's talk about another method. Focus groups, which I talked about, uh, mentioned up front, are important really important indicators of culture issues. Even though 
they're not quantifiable. The focus groups themselves can, uh, you can gain really insightful information by talking to people, especially when considered with uh, the survey results. So managers and employees who participate in a focus group will often provide insights or anecdotes addressing real concerns that are reflected in other aspects of the culture survey. When conducting focus groups, it's important, again, to ensure anonymity of the source. In other words, we're not going to use any of this information to tie it to your name, but we're going to the ideas of it and uh, are important. Um, so you have to ensure anonymity to the participants of any information that's disclosed, and uh, you also want to try to create diverse groups for participation. A focus group facilitator has to explain carefully the purpose of the focus group uh, and the reasons for the focus group and how the information is going to be used. Questions in the focus group setting are mostly open-ended and should be tailored to responses and sort of group dynamics, how things are going. And you want to think about, do you want to have managers or employees together or cross-section uh, together uh, as well? Finally, um, conducting targeted interviews of key leaders, managers, and employees can provide important culture information and insights. Again, the person selected for interviews should be carefully considered. Individuals from all levels of the organization should be interviewed to ensure that information is gathered from both senior executives, lower-level employees, mid-level managers uh, as well. So the interviews should be relatively brief. Uh, should not be uh, should be conducted in as relaxing an atmosphere as possible and at the interviewee's convenience. And the purpose of the interview should be explained and assurances again provided that the identity of the interviewee will not be disclosed. And always be careful to make sure that the information or perspective that they provide is not singular in nature. In other words, that the nature of the information provided uh, will identify the person by inference. So to evaluate ethical culture, companies using these three tools have to use uh, these tools to analyze the manner in which uh, the senior executives, managers, and employees define and promote the, the company's culture. Um, and this assessment will evaluate how culture is viewed throughout business operations, including, and remember to do this, to include differences between or among divisions and locations. So when you're planning your culture assessment, you have to initially sort of scope what, you're, what are you assessing, um, how you're going to collect the information, what, how are you going to ensure a variety of sources and a reliable indicator of information. Um, so you, you need to have sort of a scoping or planning session uh, right from the beginning in terms of who to interview who to uh, invite to a focus group and from who to uh, conduct surveys and how you're going to conduct the surveys as well. Um, you should always consider when designing your current assessment, uh, what are some of the issues we've had in the past, how have existing compliance policies and procedures and controls been carried out, and the work that has been done to date to evaluate and build culture. After you scope, then you go to information gathering um, and you conduct sort of a multi-pronged information gathering process to collect relevant information, including interviews, data collection, 
document reviews, site visits are always important to do. If you, if you have the budget for it, please uh, always make sure to include site visits to complete the compliance testing and evaluation process, sort of the culture. So document requests, interviews, uh, focus groups, uh, surveys uh, should be conducted. And you may have more than one survey. You could have one for a particular area or division, which is one focus, or and another for uh, a different area, which may have a different focus uh, as well. Um, and so once you complete the information gathering process, um, and you collect all the information. Then comes the analytical review, and you look for patterns, uh, issues that are uh, come up, let's say, in various uh, collection sources, interviews. An issue came up in the focus group as well that's similar to that, and it was you know buttressed by the survey results. And then you get to uh, the final step, obviously, which is a report and recommendations to identify potential weaknesses and make recommendations for improvements and remediation of the culture. Um, what's more important to me is not sort of the first time that you do this, but what's more important is after you develop a baseline and then measuring from that point going forward and comparing sort of, uh, let's say, a corporate-wide culture assessment uh, and then conducting sort of more targeted divisions, geographic regions, even doing these on a quarterly basis. I've always advocated for that. Uh, and then once you have a baseline and you can compare, let's say, even a region to the baseline, that gives you important results. And then the question is, um, uh, when do you do another sort of corporate-wide uh, re-baseline or getting, you know, testing your baseline uh, as well? So that's it for uh, conducting culture assessments. By the way, just a plug, the Volkoff Law Group provides culture assessments. We'd be happy to talk to you about that uh, whenever you get a chance uh, because we found these to be very, very helpful to organizations, and it's, great. it's a great tool. And remember that culture is everything. It's your most important control, and you have to attend to it, and you have to measure it, monitor it, and remediate. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company. They feel vested and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.wolfhawklaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corrupted Crime and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact me at my email address, mvolkhawklaw.com. Let us know how we can help you.